Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Thank you. 
in where you fit in. Uh, we're all over the place. We're going to talk about, we're going to break down my new book, Racism and Hate, an American Reality, uh, this evening. Um, we got kind of, we, we kind of backed it up. I'm thinking we're going to start that next week. Uh, we ran into uh, a new book. I mean, you know, uh, I'm going to have to read it as it is, but this book was so uh, timely that I felt it necessary to uh, get it out there today uh, on this show. Uh, it's called, uh, and I, I'm not promoting it, but everybody needs to read it, <laughs> On Tyranny, On Tyranny by uh, uh, the author uh, of the book is uh, uh, I go back and check it out because the book is so crazy good uh, it took me a long while to uh, I saw him on uh, the author on Timothy Snyder is the author of it, and the book is uh, called On Tyranny, uh, 20 Lessons from the 20th Century. Uh, the short book, 160, 70 pages or so, uh, easy read, but powerful. Uh, it deals with uh, how uh, democracies are often um, done away with or destroyed or tumbled by tyrants when the citizens fall asleep. When the citizens fall asleep, democracies are often taken over by dictators. And, and most of the time, it involves a bloodless coup, a bloodless coup. And the book goes on to uh, uh, point out several lessons in history where this has happened and lessons that for events in history that uh, we can draw on today with, with what's going on here in uh, the United States. Well, what's going on here in the United States? Yeah. This thing is so powerful, this book is. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be routing off some copies. I'm going to send this out to a few people because I really do want my audience to, to, uh, to, uh, to read this thing. To check it out and see uh, uh, if they see any parallels and uh, with what the, the author is talking about in this book with what's going on in the country today. Uh, some of the parallels are shocking. Uh, the uh, 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 I some of the stuff that he's talking about is here is shocking crazy on tyranny 20 lessons from the 20th century 
by Timothy Snyder. Uh, uh, the lesson, okay, just the 20 uh, lessons that we point out, and I'll just read the 20 lessons, and then we'll look at each one of them briefly here. Uh, number one, do not obey in advance. Number two, defend institutions. Number three, beware of one party state. Number four, take responsibility for the face of the world. Number five, remember professional ethics. Number six, be wary of paramilitaries. Be wary of paramilitaries. Uh, some group of citizens talking about the uh, some paramilitary yeah, with guns walking around in the street. Uh, you keep it on those folks. And my suggestion is you get you a gun. <laughs> That's my suggestion. Man. You know, don't get it twisted. I, I'm just saying, I'm not advocating anything, but if you got a bunch of ordinary citizens walking around talking about they some paramilitary, uh, you uh, uh, arm yourself and protect yourself. Uh, we don't know what those folks are up to. That's number six. Be wary, be wary of paramilitary. Seven, be reflective if you must be armed. Be reflective if you must be armed. Eight, stand out. <laughs> and get involved with whatever's going on. Let your voice be heard. Do not sit quietly by the door, y'all. Get out there and you know, speak your mind, uh, whatever it is. Do not be silent. Number nine, be kind to our language. Be kind to our language. Number ten, believe in truth. Number eleven, investigate. Don't just take everything at face value. Do uh, some diligent research into whatever it is that you have a question about it. Tune into the National Bankball. That's what we do. We, <laughs> hey, uh, if you're not sure about a, a, a policy subject, something somebody say, uh, something somebody trying to run down to you uh, from high above, uh, yeah, bring it to the National Black uh, Forum. We'll uh, kick it around and discuss it and see if we can make sense of it. That's what we do. Make sense of things that just don't make no sense out here. That's what the actual Black Forum is all about, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, <laughs> that's number 11, investigate. Number 12, make eye contact and small talk. Yeah. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to anybody. Look them straight in the eyes. So what's the, uh, how did you come to this conclusion on uh, <laughs> this policy or that policy? And look them straight in the eyes. Practice corporal politics. Practice corporal politics. 14. Establish a private life. Establish a private life. 15. Contribute to good causes. Yeah, give. Give the things that you believe in. The worthwhile, whether it's the of the Hurricane Relief Fund or some political candidate that you want to support who's got your best interest at heart, contribute to good causes, whatever it is. Uh, 
uh, some civic uh, uh, endeavor, uh, propping up young, underprivileged kids, contribute to that. Learn from peers in other countries. 16. Learn from peers in other countries. 17. Listen for dangerous words. Words matter. Words matter. Listen to what these folks are saying and uh, see how that's being perceived by other uh, folks in the community and those on the fringes. Listen for dangerous words. That's 17. 18. Become when the unthinkable arrives. I'm getting too excited by uh, something that seems uh, so overwhelming and so out of the ordinary that it uh, don't seem real. You stay calm when the unthinkable arrives. Because remember, when it's all said and done, <laughs> there's a higher power somewhere. There's a higher power now. So it's a But be confident the unthinkable arise. 19. Be a patriot. Be a tra- patriot. If you're going to live in this country, be a patriot. In my mind, that includes joining the military, serving the country in some kind of uh, a way. And off uh, the top of my head, Ahead, there's no better way to serve this country than for everybody to participate in that military service. Uh, that's what the draft was all about when I was a young man. I participated, I went to Vietnam, and I fought and bled uh, for this uh, flag. Can't nobody tell me anything about being a, a citizen, an American, or nothing else. I'm not a second class anything. Not in this country. I'm first class. So. <laughs> I, hey, I'm first class. So be a patriot. My family go back here eight generations ago. Since before the country was a country, since the space was the United States of America, my folks was here. Uh, <laughs> be it. Be as courteous as you can. Respect other people. Respect always uh, is important. And my book, you know, this is 20 lessons that this guy have in this book on tyranny, dealing with how uh, democracies can so easily crumble when the citizens fall asleep, when the citizens fail to participate in um, that democracy. They become dependent upon someone else to uh, take care of their uh, best interests. They become uh, uh, lackadaisical and complacent to their role in uh, the democracy. We have to stay on guard at all times. We as citizens have to stay on guard at all times in a democracy. Everybody has to participate uh, in order to make it work. In order to make it work. All the citizens have to participate in that democracy. What's going on today is scary. What's going on today is literally scary with uh, 
what's happening with the political uh, uh, system here in the country and uh, what we're allowing uh, this president, you know, I'm just going to say this president to get away with to say, to do the rumble of the words that come out of this guy's mouth, would, uh, they'd be ready to bury the last president if he hadn't said anything half uh, as crazy as what this guy is talking about. You know? Something is wrong with that. You have to speak up and uh, call uh, uh, the people out who's uh, uh, ignoring uh, the conduct, the words, uh, the deeds of uh, this president. We've got to speak up. Uh, our democracy is at stake. Our very democracy is at stake by citizens uh, becoming complacent uh, to uh, <clears throat> the leaders that uh, have been charged here today. Republicans, uh, Democrats, forget all that stuff. Just take one individual uh, uh, at uh, face value, what he does, not this political party, but his makeup. Well, the president is Republican or Democrat. Let's look at him. Let's look at this guy. Let's look at the Speaker of the House. Let's look at the leader in the Senate and uh, all our national leaders. Let's look at each one of them and see exactly what they are doing uh, for the citizens of this country, all of the citizens, because they're not uh, they're not sent up in Washington to govern for some particular group or party. They are sent there to govern and to manage the people's business, irrespectful of which party or some other kind of junk that they might uh, claim to uh, be a part of. Each citizen in our democracy is equal under the law and should, and politicians should govern uh, with that in mind. Our politicians should govern with that in mind. We have to demand that our politicians uh, are governed uh, uh, with that in mind. Each citizen is equal, regardless whether they be black or white, blue or green, yellow or brown, whether they be rich or poor, uh, in good health or bad health, gay or straight. Each citizen is equal in this country before the law. Period. There's no middle ground to that. There's no middle ground to that. We we fought a bloody civil war for that to be the case. And that is what uh, I'm demanding that it be. Uh, me as a citizen who has fought uh, in a bloody war for this country, for this flag. I won't accept nothing less than equality as far as I'm concerned in my people and my fellow citizens. All American citizens are equal uh, in this society. I ain't no past, but I ain't no second, this or third, that or first, this. I'm an equal American citizen, equal with the other 300 million plus. American citizens of this country. There is no uh, uh, deviating uh, between uh, one from the other. 
That's so what we got a command from our politicians. Uh, we can't go to sleep and let somebody uh, talk about uh, uh, taking away voting rights. Uh, this group of people shouldn't be here. Uh, that group of people should be. That's junk. That is junk. That is the uh, uh, foolishness of a uh, third tyrant who's trying to uh, uh, pull the uh, rules over. The uh, mass desire and take over. Don't give a don't give an inch uh, away to nobody. Uh, um, don't you give up your rights to nothing. Uh, stay involved in uh, in the political system. Be as courageous as you can. Be as courageous as you can. These are, this book here, On Tyranny, uh, by Timothy Timothy Snyder, y'all. Y'all pick this up. This is this thing is so heavy, it's crazy. Uh, I uh, I just got a download a copy of Steel. The politics being deceived is no excuse. So the politics we have to see is no excuse. Timothy Snyder on tyranny. How democracies can crumble when the citizenry fall asleep and somebody else do their work. Uh, I'm just going to look at chapter one. Do not obey, do not obey in advance. Most of the power of authoritarianism is free to give. It's not no bloody cool. It's what the cat said. I'm quoting from the book. In times like these, individuals think ahead about what a more repressive government will want and then offer offer themselves without being asked. <laughs> a citizen who adapts, a citizen who adapts uh, in this way is teaching power what it can do. A citizen who adapts in this way by acquiescing before anybody asks him. Anticipatory of obedience is a political tragedy. Perhaps rulers did not initially know that citizens were willing to compromise this value or that principle. Perhaps the new regime did not at first have the direct means of influencing citizens on one way or another. After the Germans' election of 1932, which permitted Adolf Hitler to form a government for the Czechoslovakia, Czech Slovak back elections of nineteen forty six were communists where communists were victorious, the next crucial step was anticipatory obedience. Because even people in both cases voluntarily extended their services to the new leaders, not even communists alike realized that they could more quickly that they could move more quickly 
24 regime change, the first heedless acts of conformity could not then be reversed. In early 1938, Adolf Hitler, by then securely in power in Germany, was threatening to annex neighboring Australia, Austria. After those Austrian chancellor conceded, it was us Austrians' anticipatory obedience that decided the fate of Austrian Jews. Locals from Austrian Nazis captured Jews and forced them to scrub the streets to remove symbols of independent, independent Austria. Crucially, people were not Nazis. Crucially, people who were not Nazis looked on with interest and amusement. Nazis who had kept lists of Jewish property stole what they could. Crucially, others who were not Nazi joined in the theft. Others who were not Nazis joined in the theft of the Jewish property. As the political theorist Hannah Arendt remembered, when German troops invaded the country in gentle neighbors started riots at Jewish homes, Austrian Jews began to commit suicide. The anticipatory obedience of a strict Austrian in March 1938 taught that high Nazi leadership what was possible. It was in Vienna that August that Adolf Eichmann established the Central Office of Jewish Immigration. In November 1938, following the Austrian example of, of March, German Nazi organized the national program known as Christofnacht. Christofnacht. In 1941, when Germany invaded the Soviet Union, the SS took the initiative to divide to devise methods of mass killing without orders to do so. They guessed that their superiors wanted and demonstrated what was possible. It was far more than Hitler had thought. <laughs> that, that's so heavy, y'all. That is so heavy where citizens anticipated what the leaders were thinking by the leaders' action, not by what they had actually told them to do. They uh, uh, thought ahead of the leaders by the leaders' actions. Uh, They guessed what their superiors wanted and demonstrated what was possible. It was far more than Hitler had thought. Uh, At the very beginning, this is anticipatory obedience. That's what they're talking about. We're the citizens. Anticipate uh, what the the new uh, authority symbol or what uh, the new authority leaders want. 
uh, anticipatory obedience means adapting instinctively without reflecting to a new situation. The only Germans do such thing. The young psychologist Stanley Milgram, contemplating Nazi atrocities, wanted to show that there was a practical authoritarian personality that explained why Germans behaved as they had. He devised an experiment to test the proposition, but failed to get permission to carry it out in Germany. So he undertook it instead in a Yale University building in 1961. At around the same time that Adolf Eichmann was being tried in Jerusalem for his part in the Nazi Holocaust of the Jews. This is an experiment done here uh, at Yale University in 1961. This thing get heavy, y'all. We're going to get back and delve, delve into the experiment that um, uh, uh, Stanley Milgram uh, uh, put on there in 1961 at Yale. But, in, but first, we're going to take a break here. Once again, welcome to the High School Black Forum. Y'all, it's been way too long since I've been out here. I'm trying to catch up. Uh, we done ran right through one break at 7 uh, 7.29. Y'all, we're going to take a short pause for the calls here. Y'all, hang in there. We'll be right back. You got me, Hush Mode, driving this train this evening. Uh, Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Tastes all right. Tastes all right. About seven thirty five in ATL, yeah. Facebook friends, what's up? How y'all doing up there in OH10? The Indians look like they go ain't gonna lose another game this year. My Cleveland Indians. Oh yeah, I'm a Braves fan, but I root for Cleveland. You know, they my second team. Yeah. Hey, I ain't just start being no Indian fan. I, I'm not new to the bandwagon. I started rooting for the Indians in 1954. Yeah. Almost the old boy. Y'all know about me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at that started about about being a front runner. I ain't no front runner. I've been, I've been a Cleveland Indian fan since nineteen fifty-four. Come on, man. You don't know about no baseball. That's the peanut gallery y'all talking. Trying to tell the hush myself about being a a fair weather fan. They don't know about the hush they lucky they got a seat in the seat out there up there. <laughs> hey, hey, don't get me started. Uh, I'm a novel Braves fan. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm a homer. Anything, let's uh, work on the ball there, too. It looks like he's just throwing the ball all over the place. They got the bases low. How many hours? One out there. Top of the second, uh, we down one to nothing. This is a phrase I'm talking about, y'all. Oh, yeah, you know what we do out here. We multitask. We monitor the games, monitor the politics, and everything else, y'all. We, right now, we are uh, talking about own tyranny. Powerful, powerful book that's so timely by Timothy Snyder. Uh, uh, by Timothy Snyder. Uh, uh, dealing with uh, uh, how democracies can be overthrown uh, so easily. 20 lessons from the 20th century. 20 lessons on, of what to look out for and how to uh, uh, conduct yourself uh, and 
times like these where uh, our democracy seems to be under attack. Certainly, people have uh, looked at and observed and talked about this very subject uh, a long, long time. That's not me. That's not me. Uh, we talked about it in my book, Racism. Nothing <laughs> to defend institutions. It is institutions that help us preserve decency. They need our help as well. As well, do not speak of our institutions unless you make them yours by acting on their behalf. Institutions do not protect themselves. They fall one after the other unless each is defended from the beginning. So choose institutions you care about, a court, a newspaper, a law, a labor union, and take a side and defend it. I guess what you know to be uh, wrong. I guess any act of society that you know to be wrong, you uh, defend the institution that you uh, so care about. Yeah, that's lesson two. We tend to assume that institutions will automatically maintain themselves against even the most direct attacks. This was the very mistake that some German Jews made about Hitler and the Nazis after they had formed the government. On February 2nd, 1933, for example, a leading newspaper for German Jews published an editorial expressing this mislead trust. We do not view that Mr. Hitler and his friends now finally in possession of the power they have long desired will implement the proposals circulating in Nazi newspapers. They will not suddenly deprive German Jews of their constitutional rights nor enclose them in ghettos nor subject them to the jealous and murderous impulses of the mob. They cannot do this because a number of critical factors hold power in check. (laughs) And they clearly do not want to go down that road when one acts as a European power, the whole atmosphere tends toward ethical reflection upon one's better self and away from revisiting one's earlier oppositional posture. That was a German Jewish editorial in 1933 after Hitler came to power. Uh, they gave him the benefit of the doubt that he was not going to 
sending millions of them to the gas chambers. Such was the view of many reasonable people in 1933, just as it is the view of many reasonable people now. The mistake is to assume that rulers who came to power through institutions cannot change or destroy those very institutions. Even when that is exactly what they have announced that they will do. Revolutionaries sometimes do intend to destroy institutions all at once. This was the approach of the Russian Bolsheviks. Sometimes institutions are deprived of vitality and function, turned into simulacrum of what they once were. So that they gird the new order rather than resisting it. But this is what the Nazis call Gelachistan. German words get me there, but <laughs> it took less than a year for the new Nazi order to consolidate. By the end of 1933, Germany had become a one-party state in which all major institutions had been humbled. That November, German authorities held parliamentary elections without opposition, and a referendum on an issue where the correct answer was known to conform to the new order. Some German Jews voted as the Nazi leaders wanted them to, to in the hope that this gesture of loyalty would bind the new system to them. That was a vain But a lesson from the Nazis all about uh, not uh, uh, paying attention to the institutions that we care so dearly about and uh, not uh, uh, advocate and fighting was never had. Beware the one party state. The parties that re made states and suppressed rivals were not omni, omna, om, omnipotent from the start. They exploited a historic moment to make political life impossible for their opponents. So support the multi-party system and defend the rules of democratic elections. Defend the rules of democratic elections, both in local and state elections while you can consider running for office. This, this, this is, book is so heavy. Uh, everything uh, is relevant to what's going on in this country today. Everything is relevant to what's going on in this country today. Oh, yeah. Today. Do not fall asleep at the wheel.
did not fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Own tyranny. Twenty lessons from the twentieth century that's relevant today. That's what the book is dealing with. How democracies uh, when the citizens fail to pay attention can be overthrown by a tyrant. Even today here in twenty seventeen, that can happen. That can happen even today here in 2017 you know, in this country. Uh, that could happen. Hey, don't uh, do not become complacent. Do not become complacent because you think the checks and balances in our uh, democracy are sufficient to uh, protect against uh, um, some tyrant uh, coming in taking over. It could, it could happen, yeah. It could happen. We, uh, we want to guard against it at all costs. We want to guard against it, yeah. What else going on, y'all? What, what, uh, we got Georgia, Sanford playing tonight. I, I'm not sure what John is playing on, but it, uh, looked like a wash. Looks like it's going to be a whitewash on Sanford's part. Georgia's tough. Hey, y'all, we, we done got away from, uh, on tyranny. We, Talking college football. Here y'all. We're taking a break. We're going to get back to on tyranny because this book is so powerful, y'all. Everybody should pick up a copy. Pick up a copy and read it and follow uh, some of the suggestions in that book when it comes to your participation in our democracy. It's important. It is important, y'all. I'm not out here. Uh, every Saturday night preaching and shouting about how important it is for the citizens to become involved in the, the process, come involved in what's going on in their community, come involved in what's going on in their society. That's important, you know. Everybody's voice is important. Everybody's voice is important. Everybody's opinion is important. Everybody's participation is important. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like uh, 
of the country. It's crazy. I haven't felt anything like this in a long, long time. It's not because the economy is upside down. The last president took care of that. This economy is working fairly well, y'all. It's something deeper and darker that I sense that is wrong with the, uh, the country right now. <laughs> something deeper and darker. I, uh, and much of it, much of it has to do with the citizens uh, falling asleep at the wheel. In terms of their uh, participation in the, the governing and the, the workings of our democracy here, everybody has to get involved and pay attention because some of the stuff that's going on now is crazy. We've got a leader who's uh, who shouldn't be there. We've got a leader that's not qualified to lead uh, this country. Uh, I'm sorry, that's just the way I see it. Who's not qualified to lead this country? And I, you know, that can be so dangerous when the leader of this country has so much power. Uh, this, you know, written into uh, that office of president uh, through our Constitution. It's crazy. We... <laughs> These are trying times. Uh, I wish somebody would stop the mess and put in the ball. Don't look like nobody's going to do that. Huh? Something that's crazy, yeah. Uh, well, to the actual black form here, right up on break time. We got somebody online there. We'll check them out when we go to break. Uh, Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. We got to pay some bills. Singing, they got me hushed, man. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
I guess just perusing through blog blog talk radio there. Uh, I wish you'd tell a friend about the Nashville Black Forum and that we are out here every Saturday uh, covering uh, relevant uh, subject matter that pertains to uh, uh, our community. And that's just about everything that goes on in the country, y'all. We were talking about the book on Tyranny by Timothy Snyder. A great read is 20 Lessons from the 20th Century, dealing with how democracies are often overthrown by tyrants because the citizens fail to stay involved in what's going on uh, with the government. They become complacent. They uh, put too much faith and trust in the leaders that uh, uh, hold powerful offices, they assume that there, uh, there are enough checks and balances in our system here in the United States with the uh, executive branch, the congressional branch, and the uh, judicial branch that they would check each other uh, and uh, keep them uh, from becoming, uh, uh, you know, too uh, much of a, a dictator one way or the other, but that is not the case, according to uh, Mr. Timothy Snyder in his book on tyranny. He gives 20 lessons from the 20th century where democracy has succumb to tyrants because the citizens became complacent and yielded uh, their uh, citizen responsibility of uh, citizenship uh, uh, without uh, any blood being shed. Although on the back end, plenty of blood was shed in Nazi Germany. Plenty of blood was shed in uh, uh, communist Russia now. Oh, yeah, plenty of blood was shed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but here in the United States, a lot of the things that he's talking about in that book that did happen uh, to other democracies in the 20th century uh, is look eerie, eerily like what's going on here today in this country. It appears to me that the citizenry is not paying attention uh, to what's going on here. And we need to wake everybody up. We need to send out a call right now for everybody to wake up and get involved. There was a song by Carol Melvin in the Blue Notes, Wake Up Everybody, No More Sleeping in Bed. Uh, wake up everybody no more sleeping than being <laughs> is uh, how the song uh, no, another time we're not going to do that right now but uh, a great tune for uh, what's going on today uh, 
uh, that's what we need to do. Uh, I don't even know if I got that out there in my library anymore. But uh, it was. Hey, I don't even know if we got that. Uh, I I, uh, I used to be crazy about that tune just because it was so uh, rele- uh, relevant to what was going on in the country at the time. That song came out in the uh, 70s. Uh, was that a 70s song? That was a really 70s song. Uh, Harold Marilyn and the Blue Notes. Uh, Hell, mm-hmm. uh, Melvin and the Blue Notes. If I can find it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it on you. Uh, I'm gonna drop it on you. No, I'll just check this piece out here. This is not a music place, but we don't think this is relevant. Yeah, no, 
need to be uh, told. Oh, that needs to be told, y'all, and heard and read. Uh, go to Amazon.com and pick it up, Second Chance Coming Home, uh, by Williams Shines, y'all. Uh, a powerful story about uh, PTSD and some of the uh, problems returning veterans have uh, coming home from war. He tell a story of coming home from Vietnam by this gentleman, Timothy Lawson, but this is a story of millions of our young folks coming home from uh, wars, whether it be Vietnam or Afghanistan or Iraq or World War II, Korean War. War is hell. It's stressful. It leaves uh, psychological uh, scars that permanently impact uh, your life. Uh, me, I'm a disabled veteran myself, and I relate to uh, Mr. Shane's uh, all too well. Uh, being a disabled veteran from Vietnam, uh, I can uh, uh, I, I, I feel this story. Uh, Recommend the book highly, y'all. Second Chance Coming Home. We'll be reading some excerpts of it from <clears throat> time to time, and we're going to get him on the show. We're going to be getting him on the show to uh, kind of discuss his book. Uh, when, uh, when time permits, uh, in some of the upcoming shows, we'll get him on to uh, talk about his book. We've got to uh, promote our uh, storytellers, our authors, people who write down our history for uh, our posterity. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be promoting uh, his book out here, Second Chance Coming Home by William Isidore Shines. Yeah. Hey, uh, we are uh, so glad that you could be with us this evening. September 16th, 2017. This year is getting away from us, y'all. We've got uh, the first day of fall coming up next week. When is it? The 21st? Next Thursday's first day of fall, y'all. More to, since we wasn't out here, uh, when we was having our 50th anniversary, we celebrated our 50th anniversary back on uh, last month, October 19th, uh, 50th year of uh, matrimony, and we had a uh, 50th year reunion site uh, for our anniversary there. Really appreciate and want to thank those who uh, attended and helped us celebrate our 50th anniversary. It was really uh, a joyous occasion. We really, really, from the bottom of our heart, uh, like to thank those who came and uh, all the well wishes that we can. We will always cherish uh, those memories. 
Uh, we're going to pause again, you know, take another quick break. It's about 18 after 8. Uh, we're going to pause and see if we can get somebody to pay some bills for us. <laughs> uh, well, if we read back, y'all, you got me hushed, both driving the train this evening. Hang in there, we'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the platform. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in Cyberspace.
Welcome back to the National Black Forum. It's about, uh, wow, 8.24 p.m. in the ATL. Beautiful weekend. Got all kinds of things going on in the city, y'all. Uh, Midtown Music Festival down at Piedmont Park is is going on. Uh, Bruno Mars and the Hooligan. His band is in town this evening. They, uh, I picked up somebody uh, in my little daytime job and took them down there, and they uh, were telling me that uh, that uh, Bruno Mars would be coming on around nine o'clock tonight. So that let me know that it's going to be a zoo. <laughs> it's going to literally be a zoo around Piedmont Park. Uh, Hey, no doubt that guy's big. That guy's pretty big, uh, Mr. Bruno Mars and Hooligan. Uh, great band, great great band. Time Music Festival happens every weekend. I don't know. Uh, I guess somehow I was thinking that uh, this week was uh, the uh, big uh, Citizen One concert at uh, in Central Park in New York, but I guess uh, that is uh, that's next week. Uh, next Saturday, which is I guess next Saturday. What is next Saturday? Uh, next Saturday is uh, seven days from here, the 23rd. It's the 23rd. Uh, yeah. That, uh, I can't believe I can't find what I'm looking for in this book here, y'all. Uh, uh, we're going to find it. 
saying, it's just a matter of, I don't know why I don't ever uh, mark it down when I come across it. It seemed like to me, I would have it marked. I probably do have it marked. Where is uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, Three Sisters of Discrimination? Is that 17?
check and drop that ball. We drop that ball, y'all. David W. Pikorski said this about our democracy. In 1947, he put this piece out. The challenge of racism in this country. This is David W. Pogorski in 1947 writing about race relations and racism. The challenge of racism in this country does not come either from the organized hate groups or from our failure to develop an adequate climate of opinion with regard to prejudice and intolerance. The threat lies rather in the imperfections and shortcomings of our democratic system. This is this take on on racism and how uh, the system is put together for the security of Jews and as of all other groups is inseparably bound up with the strength of the democratic system to the degree to which a democracy is incomplete that democracy is unsafe and insecure and an unsafe and insecure democracy is particularly the gravest threat to Jews as Jewish so he's writing about his both his part of society, but it pertains to blacks. In fact, the book is about mostly black folks, the end of 1947, and the minorities in this country. And an unsafe and insecure democracy is potentially the gravest threat to Jews or any other group in America. The imperfections of democracy are at all times a very serious affair. They are particularly serious in times of social crisis, for they then become the weak links in our social structure against which the attack on democracy is launched. They become the nuclei around which and out of which reaction and hatred begins to develop. Any examination of American democracy will immediately reveal that its most serious imperfections lie in those areas where considerations of race, color, creed, or national origin operate to deny to people their full and legitimate rights. These are some of the imperfections in our democracy as they exist in this country where how Dr. Gorski saw them in 1947. This is very real stuff that you got. We as all too well. Any examination of American democracy would immediately reveal that its most serious imperfections lie 
in those areas where considerations of race, color, creed, or national origin operate to deny to people their full and legitimate rights. Some years ago, someone profoundly remarked that fascism finds democracy vulnerable precisely where democracy ceases. In the United States, democracy too frequently has ceased at the boundaries of race and creed. That is why demagogues and reactionaries have always selected these points as the most vulnerable against which to launch their attack on the democratic system. This area, this is relevant to what's going on in our country today with the leaders in charge today. In the United States, democracy too frequently has ceased at the boundaries of race, color, and creed. That is why demagogues and reactionaries have always selected these points as the most vulnerable against which to launch their attacks on the democratic system. That is why these gaps must be plugged we are to render ourselves here against the challenge of racism in the end. Plus, the real devil combating racism and anti-Semitism in America is that of completing our unfinished American democracy. Each area of our social life where democracy is Incomplete, we must extend and then safeguard it. That does not mean simply working for tolerance and understanding or seeking special privileges for Jews or any other particular group in the country. Fighting on dozens of fronts to establish and extend the democratic rights of all groups in America forever these rights are curtailed. That's every that's every and that is where we are today in this country with the attack by this president on immigrants, on Mexicans, on Latinos, on whoever it is that uh, uh, they believe that they can uh, prop up as a uh, distraction or a use of the wedge against uh, other groups in our democracy. Uh, that's what's going on today. This guy points this out back in 1947, uh, dealing primarily with uh, blacks and Jews. Ready to pair. Yeah. But uh, this is so heavy. This, this whole thing is so heavy. It's crazy. Uh, Connect with the GDS, KTOP, GT1, K7, J5. Mm-hmm. We, uh, hey, uh, we're going to, yeah, where are we at here? We're just about bringing this thing to a close here, yeah. We have so much fun with y'all tonight. Uh, we're going to delve into uh, more of the books that we come across that's relevant that's going to help us protect our democracy from 
uh, the tyranny uh, of tyrants that seem to be taking place before our very eyes here uh, in the society. We're going to be talking about it, what to look for, and how we need to get involved. All of us, all of us need to get involved uh, with protecting uh, our uh, rights as citizens here in this country. Ain't nobody got no upper hand. Ain't no second class, first class, or third class citizen uh, before the law in this country. There is only one. Uh, law and everybody, every citizen has got equal access to it. Don't let nobody tell you any different. Don't let nobody tell you some kind of second class this or second class that. That is baloney. That is baloney. Equal. 
this stuff is uh, almost remind me of those uh, of those uh, of those times. This is serious business stuff. Oh yeah, serious stuff going on in the country today. We've got to uh, address it, meet it head on, call a spade a spade. Uh, that's what we do out on the Expo platform. We uh, call it just like we see it. And right now what we see is a bunch of evil uh, forces uh, at work, at play to subvert our uh, democracy here. Uh, to try to uh, uh, take the country back uh, to where uh, we don't want it to go, where it shouldn't go, where it shouldn't go, y'all. And I am so disappointed with the so-called, this so-called religious right of evangelical, whatever they call themselves, they're not religious, anything. Anybody who's saying that Somehow this country was uh, created by some divine intervention, and then they go out and put what seemed to be a devil in charge of it. Don't come to me about you're this religious data of it, because you're not. And it's crazy to uh, be running around talking about that you've got some kind of moral uh, compass. And this vice president we got. That guy's a that guy's crazy though. That guy's something's wrong with him too. Now, only the president, something's wrong with the vice president. Think some kind of moral of this or that. This guy, he better check himself out. He better look in the mirror at himself. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a higher power. Now, <laughs> I, yeah, there's a higher power that created everything. I believe. I believe in my. Uh, spirituality, that there is a I know. I don't just believe. I know that there is a higher power, and uh, my uh, um, take on that is that uh, none of these uh, leaders that we have today is uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, same higher power that I am, that uh, or at least uh, is following his. Uh, uh, is uh, a covenant uh, in any kind of a way. Uh, so, now nah. uh, they can stop that. They can stop all the hypocrisy that uh, we're putting up. So just, yeah. We're going to next week, y'all, we're going to uh, dive into more of on tyranny. Then we still got to get to my book, Racism and Hate of American Reality. We got to re- rehash that thing because it's so relevant to, to what's going on in the country today. Uh, yeah, that's relevant. Uh, yeah, we're not just crying rope, wolf about racism or this or that. We're talking about it because it exists. It exists without that front of us. Out there in the open, yeah. It's real, it's dangerous, uh, and we have to uh, talk about it. We have to uh, 
uh, shed light on it, if you will, so people understand how dangerous the way it is and how destructive it can be for our uh, country, our democracy. Don't get confused by Republican democracy, y'all. A republic is a constitutional form of government. That's what we have here. A constitutional form of government. That is a republic. The society as constructed here in the United States is intended to be a democracy where you got one vote, one one person, one vote. That is a democracy where everybody is equal in front of that Republican Constitution. Everybody has access to it. The society operates as a democracy. The government is a republic. That's just written down uh, on paper, a set of rules written down on paper that everybody has access to. No, it is, uh, everybody didn't always have access to it. Not when it was written. In 1787, 
that's free of blood, then that's for sure. I got my own, and I better go back down and see if they caught it still there. Because I want it to buy. Uh, but I've got to trade my, my car in on January, but I might have to get rid of it before January. I may have to get rid of it before January because these slicks who sell used cars, they're going to have a bunch of lemons on the <laughs> uh, that they're going to be putting out there. Yeah. They're going to have a bunch of lemons for you to deal with. They say it was over a million cars was affected by these floods. And that mud, the water, that stuff get all through your car. All in the upholstery, all in the motor. That car is a damaged product, yeah. And to sell it back on the open market is uh, kind of not to. Uh, uh, Deceiving the public, in my mind. But I think it can be a prosecutor. Somebody just thought selling those cars back in the public. But uh, be that as it may. Hey, y'all, uh, that's just not going to do it for me out here on the high school blackboard. We're going to bring this thing to a close and we'll be back out here next week same time same station we come to you seven to nine every saturday over blog talk radio y'all until next saturday ciao and y'all have a good weekend the hushmo black phone advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the african-american community check us out at the hushmo black phone www.blogtalkradio.com.